Blog Talk Radio. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Own Your Awkward Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Vargo, and today we have the author, Army veteran, and youth advocate, Jesse Cruz. Jesse, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on the show. Hey, thanks for joining us. I'm excited to, to have you here. Uh, you've got a lot of good stuff going on. You've, you've done great stuff in the world, and you're continuing to do it, and love to hear your story. So this is, this is exciting. Um, why don't you just tell people a little bit about uh, who you are and what you have going on? Absolutely. So, yeah, as you said, you know, I'm a military veteran. Um, I'm also a youth advocate. I work in an organization called the Youth Advocate Programs. Been there nine years. Uh, it's one of the greatest places to work in the world. We get to help youth every day just to help them be successful and be a mentor to them. So it's great. And became an author last year. And so I've been doing that ever since, doing um, interviews and giving speeches, book signings, and so it's been a great opportunity. You know, I'm a family man with a wife and children and coach sports, and I love to travel. So that's pretty much a little background of me. Yeah, that's awesome. And and your book, uh, now the one that I'm familiar with is Live Your Dash. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about uh, about that? Yeah, so the the dash, a lot of people are unfamiliar with that term. And what that represents is if you ever go to a cemetery and you look at a tombstone, you'll see a date on the left and a date on the right um, from the time that they're born to the time that they pass away, and the dash is the middle. And that's what we do with the life we've been given. So the, the whole premise of this book is to live your dash, meaning to discover your purpose, to find your freedom and your peace and your joy from living a life on purpose, living life intentionally, to leave a legacy to those that you love and to leave your footprint into the world. So that's what the dash is all about. Hmm, gotcha. And uh, and so I imagine you're, you're talking to people about living your dash. Uh, What's been that awkward thing you've had to learn to get over in order to live your dash as best as you can? I would say with all the attention that I've received. Um, so it's like having people come up to me that I don't know and, and say, hey, I know you or I recognize you. Or, you know, just simple fact that people ask me to sign their book. I, I mean, that's the awkward thing I've had to come over is like I can't even believe that people are coming to me for, you know, uh wisdom and advice about life and things like that. So I guess that just kind of surprised me, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I didn't know that this was going to be successful as it is. So I was just kind of, I was just shocked by it. You know what I mean? I always believed that I, that it would happen. It's just the fact that it did and it happened quicker than I imagined. So the awkward moment is, is getting online and, and promoting the books and promoting the story and sharing it with thousands of people online. I had to get over that fear because it was awkward for me to get online and talk about something that I produced and, and to promote something that I'm trying to create and share with the world because I thought it was almost like I'm trying to brag or I'm trying to say, look at how great I am. But I just had to realize mm-hmm. that if I have something that I believe is life-changing and can help the world, why wouldn't I share it with the world? It is our responsibility. If we have something great within us, a gift, it is our responsibility to share it with the world. It's not bragging talk about something great that you're doing it's actually empowering because you're you're inspiring other people to do the same yeah that that is so true and i think it's so hard sometimes to get to that mindset because uh i I think a lot of times 
people who are telling you it's bragging either have insecurities of their own or jealousy or you know dreams that they have pursued or talents that they know they have that something's holding them back from pushing. And so unfortunately they bring people down instead of building up what other people are doing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, so when you first, I mean, you, you write this book and, and as people know, when you, when you're an author, you're, you're spending a lot of time on your own with your own thoughts, getting that out there. How, how was, when did you first realize that it was, that it, felt weird to actually promote it because you have it done and the whole goal of writing the book is to get it out there. So it seems counterproductive for that to be uh, an insecurity or or an oddness that you're actually going to promote it because that's kind of the whole point of writing it. Yet, when did you notice that that was a a difference in how you felt? I would say the very first time I did it. The very first time Mm -hmm. I had books come in and the very first time that I took a picture of the book and I put it online, I was terrified. I I was Uh, full of anxiety and fear and worry. So this was last year. It was basically this time last year. It was was last June. I put it out there online and I was scared. I was paralyzed in fear because I didn't know how people would respond. And I've learned to get mm-hmm. over that because if you're doing what you've been called to do and if you're sharing with your, your gift with the world, it's going to work. You know, and maybe it always won't always work the way that you envisioned it, but it will work because you're using your gift. And so last year, I, I was terrified when I put this out there. I didn't know the response I was going to get. So I was blessed to have positive feedback with it and people to come up to me and message me and from all over the country that people I didn't even know. Um, but, you know, and, and every now and then it's still almost weird to me because I'm like, I still can't believe this is all happening. And I still can't believe people are turning to me for this stuff. But I know that's what I've been called to do. So I just got to keep doing it. Even when I feel awkward or uncomfortable or unworthy, I just got to embrace it and just be thankful that I've been I've been blessed and, and I feel bad for being blessed. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I think uh, all too often we lead with that feeling of of guilt or shame for the talents we have or the skills we have and that holds us back from giving them to people who really need them, which is unfortunate because other people need those, those, that help or that resource or that perspective that you're able to bring. And it's, it's, it's unfortunate how often it does get held back. So I'm, I'm curious, did you, were any of your fears realized when you, when you had that, you know, you said you got all this good feedback. Did you have moments where it was like people calling you saying, Jesse, I can't believe you put this book out there. What are you thinking? You know, I, I had most, like I said, mostly it was it was positive. You know what I mean? I, I have had, mm-hmm. you know, constructive criticism. People said you should say this, you shouldn't have said that. I've had that. Um, that didn't really bother me. What actually really probably bothered me the most was my ability to handle the success. You know, because mm-hmm. if, you, if okay. you have a gift or talent and you get to that gift or talent and all of a sudden it's really successful, but you don't have the character or maturity to handle that success, you can sabotage your own success. And I felt like that was, I was doing that partially. Like I was being successful and then, you know, I'd, I'd have all these kinds of issues going on. My behavior would change. I'd have outbursts and I'd act childish. It's because I didn't know how to respond with the success I've had. hmm and even though even though all yeah. of it was good, even though all the positive support came pouring in, I still a part of me was like, I just don't deserve this. And I feel like we just do that so commonly. We just, but I, I would disagree and say, yes, you do. There's nothing wrong with being blessed and successful. 
And that's just something I got to continue to accept and embrace. And I I just got to know that I shouldn't try to sabotage my success because I don't feel worthy of it. I need to embrace it. Right. So was there a, do you feel there was an event or a, a, a moment where you realized that, that you were doing that to yourself where you realized, Hey, I'm having the success and I, I need to adjust something about either my attitude or my actions to be able to really embrace it. Or did it creep up on you? I'd say for me, it started with my family. So like, you know, I'd, I'd go off and sell a whole bunch of books and then I'd come home and start an argument with my wife. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. my, my, my whole normal was not this success that I'm now learning to adjust to. So I would go home and, you know, I'd be rude or I'd be short or I'd be distant. I would do all these things. And so I started to notice, like, now it's causing the success can cause tension in relationships if you don't manage it properly. You know, and the success that I was feeling started to take priority over the things that matter the most. And that is relationships matter the most. You know, I mean, the success without healthy relationships is failure. And that's what I was starting Mm -hmm. to experience. So I said, I have to make some adjustments. Yeah. And and I know you mentioned your wife, you've got kids. uh, So you've got a full family that is obviously the most important relationships in your life. And yet that can be the first people that we kind of lash out at when we're stressed. Oh, without a doubt. And and you said you've got a few kids, right? You've, it's it's a full house. Well, yeah. So, I mean, just to, just to kind of give you the background of, of why the book was written to begin with. So, you know, my wife and I, we have, we have, um, girls from prior relationships so you know we are a blended family and then we got together we got married and we had a child together and the child that we had together you know something we had talked about for years and then she was born but she was born prematurely and so we were living basically in a hospital watching her fight for her life every single day yeah Um, so that was a huge battle that we had to go through and then after 42 days of her fight she passed away oh gosh i'm so sorry but it's because of her life, you know, why the book was written. You know, I mean, I got to see her continuously fight. She never gave up. You know, her life inspired me. You know, and when, when mm-hmm. you just keep your faith alive, you can you can use your faith to touch people all over the world. And that's what she's been doing, you know. You've never met her. The listeners have never met her. People who are buying these books have never met her. She's a one-pound little girl no one's really ever met. But she's also having an impact and difference in their lives. It's amazing to see how that works. Yeah, and that is, that's, it's so, first of all, it's just so heartfelt to hear a parent lose a child. I I just never know what to even say because it's a worse fear for any parent. So I'm so sorry about that. But it's, I think it's beautiful how you are making her life bigger. Like no matter how long that dash is, that 42 days, it's reaching so many people that the impact of her life is huge regardless of length of time. Yeah, definitely. It's not always the, the the length of the years. It's what you do with the years that you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, you know, none of us, you, you never know how much time anybody has. And it's it's nice to think, oh, I'll have, you know, 40 years left in my life or I'll have another, you know, 20 years or however long you think you have. But the reality is you never know. And that's why, you know, for me with relationships, it is, it's about making sure people know right 
people, that they're important and that they're loved and that they've made an impact on my life and doing whatever I can in return to impact other people because I might make a great impact today and I might be gone tomorrow or I might have 10 years to do it or 20 years, but who knows? All right. So what type of of advice do you give to people who are in the middle of their dash and they don't know how long they have? Like what kind of things can people expect to hear about in the book without giving away all the, all the secrets so that they don't go get their copy and do the homework they need to do? Well, I, I mean, you know, in the title, the subtitle of it is discovering the eight F's to freedom. And the eight F's are eight different areas of everyone's life, not just mine. There's eight different areas of everyone's life that if they're intentional about pursuing they will live a purposeful dash. Their life will have meaning that they've been searching for their entire lives. So I break down the eight different chapters in the book about the eight different areas of when you take the time to pursue this, your life will take on a whole new direction and a whole new meaning and will give you the freedom that you've been desiring. Hmm. Wow. So is this a process that you that someone taught you or that you'd kind of discovered on your own? How did, how did you get to these, these eight concepts? So going to, obviously I've mentioned before the greatest tragedy of my life. I used to sit down. I took a, I took a notebook out, put pen to paper and I wrote every single day and I wrote until I cried. I I wrote until I laughed. I wrote until I had an emotional breakthrough of some sort. And as I noticed, as I kept writing, I said, man, these eight areas of my life are so important to me. And I've noticed when I'm, when I'm intentional about these eight areas, my life is in a better place. doesn't mean what's going on around me is always perfect and always good and always my ideal situation. But when I can be um, faithful to these eight areas that no matter the storm that I'm going through, I can weather it. doesn't mean it doesn't exist mm-hmm. or it's not there, but I know how to fight through it. So as I was writing, these eight areas just kept coming to mind. I said, no, I'm going to turn this into a book. And there's a, con- a great concept here that I believe has helped me grieve my losses and helped me to pursue the peace that I've desired. And it's helped me to become successful on a, on a situation that should have destroyed my entire future. So those eight areas are what were able to take me from a point of destruction and despair to to, to success and significance. Hmm. Yeah, that's. I, I love that concept of how you're saying that no matter what you go through, like you may still have trials, you may still have things going on, and it doesn't mean that life just is automatically easy, but it's better, and it's it, you can weather those storms. That's uh, that's actually something that I've talked about in my talk. I have a concept where I talk about choosing your own rock bottom. And, you know, the whole idea is, you know, I had this day where I realized that I was at rock bottom and I, and I just had been there for a while. And it was like, if I didn't do anything yesterday to make tomorrow better, how do I expect it to get any better? And that was the lowest point in my life. And since then, I've had worse things happen. I've had bigger financial struggles. I've had other problems that have come up, but mentally I've not been in as dark of a place. And that's all the difference in able, being able to be successful and push forward and not go back to that dark place just because you have hard times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
so how is it now? You you uh, you wrote the book. You realized you were kind of you know not being the the best that you wanted to be around with your you know your important relationships, your family, and you realized you need to kind of get your success in check. Since you've since you've dealt with that, did, what did you need to do in order to to kind of get that in check? Did you have to step back? Did you have to you know? go on a retreat by yourself or step out of the limelight for a little bit? How did you kind of get that into the right place? Well, I've been, I've been blessed with having a dream team of supporters in my life. You know, I got Mm -hmm. some, you know, my, my wife is, is my hugest, you know, she's my support, my encourager, you know, I'm looking at my children and, and wanting to lead them and to guide them and into having, you know, great family around me and, supportive friends and to having a support group, you know, a great network of people who, who want to see me win. You know what I mean? I think it's important mm-hmm. that we surround ourselves with people who really, truly, honestly are cheering us on. They want us to win. They want us to do well. And having conversations and having awkward interactions with people telling me the hard truth. But we get it, we got to have people who can tell us the truth in love. Not not the truth mm-hmm. of, of jealousy or anger, but the truth in love. I love you so much that I got to tell you this truth because if I tell you this truth, I think it got to help you. It may hurt you right now in the moment, but in the in the long run, you'll thank me for it. So I think it's having the right people who truly want mm-hmm. who want the best for you is huge. And how can you tell when somebody is giving you that that feedback from a place of love? Because I've I know sometimes I encounter people and. And it can be hard to know, am I needing to step back and really take in the feedback and, and let go of my own issues in order to hear what someone's saying versus not buying in on someone who is just coming from a negative space? I, I would say for me, um, I've had multiple people who you know, who've said things that were hurtful, um, said things that I didn't like to hear. I think it's taking the time to reflect on what they said and to not try to mm-hmm. process that immediately and lash back at them. You know what I mean? If you can if you can be humble enough to just sit there and, and listen and not and not react but respond because there's a difference. People who react, they're just immediately going on emotion. People who respond are taking the time to reflect, you know, honestly and critically and, and finding is there a 1% truth in what they're saying? You know, although there was 99% of it felt like criticism, well, give me the 1% of the truth that was in there. And I try to search for that 1% of truth, even though I may not fully mm-hmm. agree with what they said. I'm trying to find out where is the truth in what they're saying. And I try to focus on the right. truth of what they're saying. And, you know, I, I've been able to identify people who, who really do want the best, and there's people who, who really don't. And, and trying to decipher that, you know, it's going to take – it's going to take experience, you know. It's going to take some maybe disappointments, some fragmented relationships. But um, a person who may be hard on you and saying the harsh truths um, will still stay in contact with you and still want to be there for you and still know that no matter what, I may have said something that hurt your feelings, but it was it was out of love. So it's it's, it's the difference mm-hmm. in knowing if what you're saying is out of love or or is it out of negativity. And you you should know the person. You know their heart. You know what I mean? You should be right. able to yeah. develop that relationship with them to know the difference. And sometimes, you know what? Sometimes you don't know. You know, sometimes you don't know. And and that's where we mm-hmm. got to have the discernment to know the difference. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point. We don't always know. And, and 
I like the the idea that you bring up about making sure you take the time to sit with what they give you before you respond and not just react off of your first instinct because whenever we hear something we don't like, you know, our initial response is bound to be, you know, like, oh, no, that's wrong. I'm going to brush it away or I'm going to push back with something negative. And when we do that, we don't actually take the time to really look for that 1%. And regardless of where the person's coming from, what they're perceiving of you is is generated in their world from something that you're giving off. And and that doesn't mean that you have to change it or be wrong. You might be going down the exact right path and it just doesn't work well with, with their style. But if you you got to find it and make sure that that is right because sometimes you find that 1% and say, yeah, they were right about that, but this is what I'm sticking with because this is me and they just don't understand my message. And sometimes you've got to realize that, oh, I didn't realize that was the the communication I was giving off by my actions and maybe I need to be more aware and make some adjustments myself. Yes, you got it. Yeah. It's always a journey, isn't it? <laughs> it definitely is. That's what makes it beautiful though. Yeah. So what's what's next for you? You've got uh you got this book out, you got we've got uh you know, we've been living under quarantine, so it's been hard to do live events, but uh, that's starting to lift up in different parts of the of the world. So you got any exciting stuff coming up? Yeah, so I mean, I've I've taken full advantage of this quarantine time. You know, it's given me um a good writing season, you know, working on my second book, so I just got the edits back um from a family member and then I'm going to send it forward to a, uh, another editor here in a few weeks. So I'm going to go through my rewrites. So I've taken this time to um, work on the second book. It's almost completed. And I've also started writing a script for a movie, which is based on the second book. So th- these are the projects that I'm I'm looking forward to with hope. That's exciting. Yeah, that's, it's, you, you know, no matter what you do when you're living that dash, there's just more to be done. It's not, well, I did that one project and now I'm done, right? It's the, the idea of success is always, having something in the pipeline, having something that we're pursuing, and that's where that fulfillment comes in. Yeah, it's it's about helping as many people as possible. That's what I believe we're here for is to to, to help others. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, we've got your bio and your, your link here. Where's the best place for people to go to find a copy of your book? Is it is it through your Facebook page or, or you got a landing yeah, so, spot? I mean, so for me, I mean... Obviously, people, best way to contact me is through my email, authorjessicruz at gmail.com, or on Facebook, Jesse Cruz or Jesse A. Cruz, my business page, or on Instagram, author Jesse Cruz. Um, those are all ways for people who want the personalized copies. You know, you can order them for me directly on those social media accounts, or for people who want to get them online, they can order on Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com. Okay, cool. That's awesome. All over the place makes it easy to find you definitely people got people got to order that book now so that they can uh we can all read it and start employing the tactics before we get into the next book for sure it's uh it's neat to hear uh you know one thing as as interesting as this quarantine has been it's been really great to hear how people have chosen to use that time because Time is that resource we we rarely have enough of, and no matter how much we get, it's like, oh, I wish I had more to do this or that. And as much as it's disrupted our life lately, we've been given this great gift. In in many of our cases, there are people who have had to work a lot more or have 
not been able to use the time because of health or whatever reason. But, but for a lot of us, we've been given this gift of time. And I just think it's great to see, you know, you getting your movie script done, getting your second book finished. Like there's so much goodness that can come out of what can be a scary or uncertain. And that's what part of living your dash is all about. I mean, no matter the circumstance, there is an opportunity for something positive to come from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And, and I guess it's that finding that mindset that you can set aside whatever tragedy you're in and say, where, what is the positive? What's the light? How can I get some good out of this? And it, it doesn't always mean that the, that you're going to be like, well, I'm glad this happened because this really good thing is going to be even better but it's like, how can I salvage whatever I can out of the situation? And with, and sometimes the good may be way better and way out risk, way outweigh the tragedy that you that you had happen or the difficulty. But sometimes it's just, how can I at least, you know, not walk away without some good coming from it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So we are we are down to just a couple minutes here. So before we go. Um, what what would be your advice for people to learn how to own their awkward or you know Im- live their best dash right now? I would say to you know be honest with yourself. You know, I mean to to discover what that you have. You got to ask yourself a few questions first. Ask yourself, what do I love to do? Follow that up with, what am I good at? Then say, what does the world need? And fourth, can I get paid for it? So do all those four things because, you know, you have to make a living. But you want to also enjoy what you do, you want to be good at, and you want to help meet the needs of other people. When you get the answer to all those four questions, you ask them honestly and reflect on them, that is going to guide you to living your dash the way that you have always dreamed of. Because when you ask those four questions, now you have a roadmap to um, the purpose of your life. So for those who are uncertain and say, I don't have a skill, I don't have a talent, I don't have the financial opportunity, everyone has something to offer. There is people who there are people who who are depending on you. I say this to everybody. There is a person in this world right now who is depending on you to pursue the gift that you have because they need what you have to offer. So their life could be depending on you stepping up, being bold enough and brave enough to pursue your purpose and live your dash. Oh, I love that. And it's amazing to me when you break it down into those four questions, it sounds so simple. It's, it's almost this, you know, this light bulb going on. Why haven't we been taught to just ask that question from day one? Like that seems like so basic and so important that, uh, but, but at the same time, when we're living in our own reality, we get, blinded by responsibility or limiting beliefs and all these different things that get in the way. So uh, if we can get back to that, that's a beautiful thing. Think how how simple life would be if we could just do that. Yeah. We got to ask these questions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I love the idea of, you know, what do you enjoy? Because it doesn't, you know, work and success doesn't have to be painful and it, sh- it should be fun and you should be enjoying life even when you are putting in the long hours to pursue your dream and to be one or the other. Right. You got it. 
And so, as as you know, it's not a quick, easy thing to write a book, and it's definitely a lot of work. But you're obviously very talented at it. You're loving what you do, and and you're a testament to that. Thank you. Well, Jesse, I really appreciate your time with us today. Uh, everybody listening, please make sure you go follow Jesse and uh, read his book and watch for when he's speaking in an area near you and uh, give him some love out there. I really love the message and uh, look forward to hearing more, uh, reading your second book and watching that movie. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you, Jesse. We will talk soon. All right, have a good one. All right, take care. Bye. Yep, bye.